Star Off the Page presents Hardly Breathing by Deborah Wade. William sits in the office of Detective Star Malone. He shifts uncomfortably in his chair. There's a large clock on the wall. The time is 3.30. The door flies open and Star Malone enters, wearing a purple trench coat and a red fedora hat. She hesitates in the doorway, looks at William, and shakes her head. Crossing to the desk, she removes her coat and hat, revealing a tight-fitting black jumpsuit and leopard-skin high-heeled boots. So, you must be the famous Billy Benton. Uh, well, my name is William. Yes, we finally meet. I made an appointment yesterday, but it was for three o'clock. Your secretary said I could wait in here. Oh, my secretary. What kind of lies has she been saying about me? What? Nothing. Actually, she was quite pleasant. Oh, was she? So, Billy, am I everything you expected? Uh, I think there must be some mistake. I called because I need you to find... Shh! Don't say anything. Do you think you were followed? No. Why would I be followed? Look, you came highly recommended, but... Listen, Billy, you seem like a sweet kid, and I'd hate to see you get hurt. But this is a dangerous business. You have to watch your own back, and that, my dear Billy, is not easy. Oh, no. This isn't good. There's a black suburban down there. You were followed. Damn it! Can you see if there's a bumper sticker that says Republicans rule? Oh, my God, yes. That's my SUV. It's a Pathfinder, actually. You're full of surprises, aren't you? Well, it's still raining, but that's okay. I think the rain is sexy. I can tell you're the kind of man that loves the rain, aren't you? Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't mind it. I don't guess about anything. But let's stop dancing around and get down to it, shall we? What can I do for you, Billy? Really? Oh, I've, uh, uh, I have, uh... What do you have? Uh, no, I mean, okay. I'm here because I lost my father. Yeah, my daddy didn't love me either. No, I mean, he's kind of disappeared. They all do that, Billy. Quite recently. He's very wealthy. He lives in Florida. Uh, he seems to have disappeared. All his numbers have been disconnected. Well, well, slow down. This is going to require paperwork, writing, forms. God, this is the part of the job I hate the most. Do you smoke? No. Good. Won't have clients that smoke. It's a killer, you know? How about whiskey? Whiskey? Do you drink? Uh, not really. Get a problem with the juice? No, I, I just don't drink much. I mean, I drink if I want to. I drink. Would you like a drink? No, thank you. No good, Billy. That's not going to work. We have a lot of work ahead of us, and I don't trust anyone who won't have a taste with me. Do you think you can help me, Detective Malone? Billy, 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 Billy. <laughs> it's William. I earned the name Detective Star Malone. So, yes, I can help you, but I should warn you. You might not like what you see when we find your father. You mean he might be dead? I mean he might be hiding. Sick of all your whining. I never whined. You don't know my father. Who said I did? <coughs> you remind me of a man who broke my heart. I'm engaged. Her name is Jane. She's a poet and a dental hygienist. Don't be insensitive. Okay, detective. I'm putting myself in your hands. Oh, Billy. Yes, you are. Star leans in, and William appears overwhelmed as the lights fade. Lights up on interior of a restaurant, Café Fresh. Jane, William's fiance, dressed all in black except for a burgundy beret, enters. She crosses to the table with two menus on it and sits. William enters, looking a bit wild. His hair is sticking up, and he is carrying one glass of wine. I'm sorry, but even you could see we were too close to the edge. That railing did not look stable. Just sit down, William. You could have stayed outside. You On the balcony, you like being up high. Well, it would have made it difficult to eat together, wouldn't it? It wasn't much of a view, anyway. And that couple kissing, they were annoying. Well, maybe they thought it was romantic with the sun setting, and since it is Valentine's Day... Now you're mad at me? <laughs> not mad, William. Concerned. Because we're not sitting on that rickety balcony. It's a terrace! <laughs> No, it has nothing to do with our table. I just had that dream again. Oh. Except this time we were at a party and I couldn't find you. A party? Yes. When I finally did find you, you were with this very attractive Asian woman who desperately wanted someone to write a slogan across her chest. 
And you volunteered. When I asked her why she needed a slogan, the party people gave me cold, icy stares. This is precisely why I don't like parties. It's a symbol, William. Where's our slogan? We don't have one. Oh, no! What? Oh, I'm sorry, was that your knee? No, it's another couple. Look at them. Don't look at them. He's kissing her. It's like they're melting together. Unbelievable. Sheesh! Well, that, that, that's, that's not right. Not in public, anyway. We certainly don't behave like that. No, we don't. So what do you think of me going by the name Billy instead of William? Just the way he's looking at her when he's not kissing her is just... Does it sound too much like a cowboy name? Amazing. You think so? What? Well, this detective, Star Malone, who I've hired to find my father, calls me Billy. Where's your father? Well, this is something I've been meaning to discuss with you. I feel like my life is on hold until I find my father. What kind of a man goes by the name Star? Uh, this detective is not a man. Not a man? No, uh, she's a, a woman. She's a female, of course, because she is a she. Uh, she has a great reputation. A reputation? Highly recommended. She comes highly recommended. Oh, I see. Yes, I see. Billy, I guess we postpone the wedding again. Again? We just got engaged. Look, just because your father is rich, do you need to know where he is every single second? We're very close. Your father is probably on a cruise somewhere, and I seriously doubt that a beautiful woman who happens to be a detective is going to find him for you. Who says she's beautiful? Isn't she? She's a bully. Pushy, but she'll get the job done. Oh, will she? Once, you used to kiss me hard on the snowy steps of... My backyard. Jane, don't do that. Please, don't talk in verse. Look, I am an artist, Billy. A poet. That's the way it comes to me in moments of pain. But now it seems that passion's laughing. And all your kisses are daily uh, napping. Laughing and napping don't really rhyme. Is that the point? The for a rhyme? You don't get it. Well, it just so happens that I received some news of my own. I got this letter yesterday. Congratulations on being selected Poet of the Year by the Rhymes That Rock National Poetry Society. Oh, this is amazing. They're very exclusive. It's a catchy name. Yes. So you see, it is actually my life that is going to be on hold until after the awards ceremony. They're flying me to Des Moines because I am the guest of honor. Oh, Des Moines, and they're flying you there. Of course not. They're not a travel agency. All poets make their own arrangements. I'm leaving tomorrow. I see. How long will you be gone? A while. Three days, possibly four. That's a long time. Well, I guess, considering our situations, we will have no choice but to postpone our planning of the wedding until you get back. Yes, I guess we will. Okay, then. Okay, then. I guess they're trying to break a record. Let's see. What do I want to eat? Something French? Something fried? What looks good to you, Jane? Oh, boy. They are really living it up over there. You see, that's passion. To feel alive, to take a risk. I feel alive because I'm starving. I have a hunger that can't be fed. No, no cake for me the day I'm wed. Now, that really rhymed. You'll never kiss me like that, will you? Like that? Yes. I sure as hell will, but not in this particular restaurant. Spontaneity, that's what I'm all about. And passion like that is dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous on an empty stomach. There is no meal to fill me up. I can only sip from passion's cup. Now that could be our slogan. Lights up on William, who stands in the doorway of a hotel balcony, looking confused. He studies crumpled pieces of paper. Detective Star Malone is on the other side of the doorway, hiding behind a large potted plant. She is dressed in her usual trench coat attire, but wears a red pantsuit with her boots. Off to the other side of the balcony is a bottle of champagne in an upright ice bucket. Psst! Psst! Billy, over here! Detective Malone? What are you doing out here? You're right on time. Your note said you had some new information for me, but I'm not sure why you wanted to meet at a hotel. Well, Billy, I'm always working, and someone told me they were looking for their daddy. 
Yeah, well, I don't see him out here, so maybe we could talk about it inside. What's your rush, cowboy? This is a very tall building. Do you like being on the 47th floor? Don't tease me, mister. My lucky number is 47. It doesn't make you dizzy? I like the breeze. Let's all those dark thoughts blow away. Know what I mean, Billy? <laughs> yeah, sure. They blow away. Uh, look, detective, about my father. Maybe we could talk about him inside. There's also a perfect view from up here. Won't be long now. Long? What are you looking at, Detective Malone? Well, Billy Benton, in about two minutes, your father is going to walk onto that terrace directly across from this building. Any minute now. My father is over there? What's he doing over there? Come see for yourself. That's okay. I believe you. Billy, take a risk. Come and look. Don't be scared. Scared? I'm not scared. I'm tired. I'm emotionally exhausted. I'm many things, Detective, but scared is not one of them. There you go. All right, it's go time. There he is. Take a look. Wow. This isn't so bad. This is pretty neat. You can see a lot from up here. Ooh, she's completely naked. Well, Billy, naughty. Just point in the direction of that group of men standing directly across from us. He's the one in yellow. I don't see him. Do you see a man in a yellow shirt? Yes, I see him. He's wearing a turban. I know. That's your father. My father is from Connecticut. You said he was from Florida. Yes, and like most people in Florida, he is originally from Connecticut, and he doesn't wear a turban. It's not his style. I was sure that was your father. If you look closely, he has your nose. That's not my nose. How would you know what he looks like if you don't even have a picture of him? Well, you didn't give me one. Well, you didn't ask for one, and you're the detective. I didn't want to pry. What? How can you find my father if you don't even know who he is? That's the wild horse I've been riding, the bear I've been chasing, the tiger I've been trying to tame. Get it? Yeah, you got some kind of circus act on the side. I was hoping that you'd give me clues, secrets, and if I got lucky, a photo of your father. Are you even a detective or just some glamorous phony? Oh, Billy, that stings. Stings bad. Look, I asked around and that group of men are from Florida. I cased the place and found out they're businessmen. I put two and two together, Billy. My name is William and your math stinks! I think I'm falling. Here, drink this. Is that champagne? Yes, I bought it to celebrate the reunion with your father. But it looks like I've failed miserably. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Star. Uh, Detective Malone. I'm changing my name to Failure Malone. I'm sorry, I'm not usually mean. I always work on instinct. and Look where it's gotten me. A broken heart and a big hotel bill. Here, drink this. Thanks. One more of those and I'll be fine. We do have one reason to celebrate. What reason is that? Well, I didn't tell you, but I am terrified of heights. No. Yes, really. But I think you've cured me. I, look at me. Look, I can raise my arms above my head like this. It's amazing. Oh, I'm the one who's afraid of falling now. Why is that, Detective Star? Do, do you really think I'm glamorous? What? Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I didn't know you were afraid of falling, too. I'm falling right now. I, I have a, a, a picture, a photograph of my father that might help this investigation. Oh, oh, well, yes, thank you, William. That will be a big help. Please, detective, call me Billy. Lights up on Jane's hotel room. She is practicing her acceptance speech. To live, to evolve, to put my heart's whimsy into verse... This award validates my vision and... The sound of thunder is heard and there is a flash of lightning. She stops working on her speech, picks up her cell phone, and punches in a number. Lights up on the other side of the stage. There is a large picture window frame. Sounds of distant traffic can be heard. William appears at the window with a chair and stands on it. Let's try this out. Oh, yes. I'm cured. I feel great. Oh, this is amazing. Hey, what are you looking at? Hello? William? Oh, hi, Jane. It's you. You're not going to believe what's happened. Hey, what are you looking at? What? No, no, not you. You sound strange. Where are you? Well, I was on a balcony earlier. A balcony? Yes, at the Realman Hotel on the 47th floor, terrified. Why were you at the Realman Hotel? Uh, well, because uh, Detective Starr. I, I had to meet Detective Starr At there. a hotel? I had to. She forced you? No, because of my father. Oh, Yo, you found your father. Well, not yet, but that's why she brought the champagne. Champagne? Uh, uh, to, 
Uh, it's a good thing she did, too. I, I think it's what finally calmed me down. Why were you not calm? Being so high. I was scared out of you my You were high? Up! I was high up! Oh, gosh, this is great news, William. You have not found your father, but you've been drinking champagne on the 20th floor with a beautiful crackpot detective? Well, actually, it was the 47th floor, which is significant I'll tell you what's significant, Billy. <laughs> what's significant is that I am in Des Moines at the Hardly Hotel, 4th floor, alone. Tomorrow I receive recognition for my work, which gives my life meaning, and no one is here to share it with me. What? An award is what gives your life meaning? Jane? Don't change the subject. But you didn't ask me to come. You didn't offer. You're too busy celebrating your freedom with your father and fiancé out of town. My father is technically missing. But you're not missing me. You just left this morning. Oh, that's cheap. Oh, now I feel guilty. What did you do? Do? You said you felt guilty. I I do. I did, but not because I did anything. I, I, I didn't do anything. You didn't? Then why are you making that little sucking sound you make when you're lying? I'm not. I'm cold. Oh, yes, you are cold, William. But it sounds like the search for your dad is heating up. Well, yes, I, I, no, I mean, it, I know what it sounds like, but it's not. I, I mean, that's not why I'm excited or, or nervous. I, I've been trying to tell you that... Oh, I think I'm starting to draw a crowd. What are you doing, William? Well, I, it's just that I'm out on my window ledge. Oh, and... please. Oh, I'm getting dizzy. I, I think I need to hang up now. Oh, you want to hang up? Fine. Hang up! And William, don't worry about planning the wedding. Why not, my darling? Because as of this moment, our wedding is off. I hope you enjoy searching for more champagne with Miss Moon Malone. Ah, uh, Jane, listen, please. I am lost. I am alone. And now I'm hanging up the phone. But I think I'm finally over my... Afraid of heights. Ha! Fear of heights. William hangs up and crawls through the window with a terrified precision, lights down on his side. Jane throws the phone on the bed. It rings. Ignoring the phone, she picks up her speech and then crumples it into a ball. Who is it? Room service. Oh, yes, well, well, come right in, room service. Good evening, I'm Charlie. This is what he wanted all along. Pardon me? What kind of a fool does he think I am? Um, uh, here's your sparkling mineral water, ice, sliced lime, freshly popped gourmet popcorn. He's drinking champagne at the Realman Hotel, for God's sake. Uh, and the Blue Canyon Cabernet. What about support for my art? Well, it's all here. I'll just open the wine. Poetry is as important as being a detective. (laughs) Oh, a twist-off? The lights flicker, crash of thunder, as he pours a glass for Jane. Delicious. It's not like I need anyone to validate that I've been chosen as Poet of the Year. More flickering. The lights go out. (gasps) Hmm. Don't panic. It's an old hotel. It doesn't usually last long. It's okay. Darkness is a theme in my work. I have a flashlight on my cart. I can leave it for you. You're leaving before the lights come back on? No, it never lasts long. Darkness all around me. I cannot see. Wrapped in blackness like uh, limbs from a tree. I'll get the flashlight. I just made that up. My art is a gift. Uh-huh. Oh, ow. Oh. Are, you, are you all right? Uh, yes, ow. I've caught my leg on something. I, I think it's your suitcase. Uh, just a moment. Oh, can I help? Ow! Oh, ow, my leg. Ow, what are you doing? Oh, God, I'm sorry. I thought that was your arm. That was not my arm. Now I'll just push off and get some leverage. Ow, that's my knee. Oh, sorry. And that's my ow. Sorry, ow. sorry. <gasps> the lights flicker and come on. Jane and Charlie are on the floor at the foot of the bed. His leg is wedged in her open suitcase. Jane's blouse is unbuttoned in the fall, which Charlie notices and looks away immediately. Wiping his forehead, he sees that a pair of Jane's panties are caught on his fingers. He tries to shake them off, but they slide further down his arm. What are you doing? I'm trying to get the flashlight. Really? Well, I don't know why there's an open suitcase in the middle of the floor. Maybe because this is a hotel? Charlie wrestles with the underwear, finally free. He buries them in her bag. He 
He struggles, untangling his leg, and stands wincing in pain. One of Jane's bras is hooked onto his pants. Not noticing, he offers her his hand. Jane looks at her bra. More humiliation. Oh, for God's sakes! Jane tries to snatch the bra, but it's hooked to Charlie. She tugs at it until Charlie motions for her to stop. Gingerly unhooking it, he hands it to her. She shoves it in the suitcase and stands. Charlie limps over to the cart, gets the flashlight and her check. Uh, Sorry about the lights and falling on your bra. I mean suitcase. Uh, Does your arm hurt? I'm fine. It's very thoughtful of you to give me your flashlight. Well, it's hotel policy. To be thoughtful? To carry flashlights during storms. Oh, I thought you were being nice. I am. But I don't want you to sue the hotel because you tripped over me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to sue you. What kind of a person do you think I am? I apologize. Uh, We're not really supposed to talk to the guests about anything personal. I mean, it's not our business if they're angry, arrogant, even naked. Angry, arrogant, even naked? Who exactly are you describing? No one. Oh, I get it. You're just doing your job. Yes, that's it. But, I mean, can you just sign this, please? So... You're sort of a hotel robot. Excuse me? Jane. What? My name is Jane. Excuse me, Jane, but I am not any sort of robot. Squeak, squeak. Squeak, squeak? Is that some sort of robot joke? Could be. I see. Well, before you order room service again, I want to make sure you know we have a very nice restaurant downstairs. Really? Thank you so much. Just doing my job. Lights up with multiple colored lights on stage. There is the ambient sound of people eating and talking in the background. In the center of the stage is Jane. She's wearing a name tag and stands holding a plastic cup. She smiles and nods every once in a while to no one in particular. To the right of the stage are an assembly of chairs in rows. All right, everyone, if you would find your seats, we will begin our final award ceremony. There are sounds of chairs being moved on the floor, and Jane maneuvers her way over to a single chair and sits. Thank you. Well, it's been an exciting day here at our annual awards ceremony. A lot of great readings and tremendous sales from each of you who purchased your commemorative copy of this year's Rhymes That Rock. We have more books, cups, and T-shirts on sale in the lobby We end today with the presentation of our most prestigious award for Poet of the Year. This honor is for outstanding, remarkable verse, words that inspire, words that awe, words that, well, just seem to go together. Jane sits, looking toward an invisible podium. She's nervous and excited, and she quietly prepares to make her speech. So, it is a great honor to present the award to our 50 Poets of the Year. Please stand as your name is called. Martin Abelson, Monica Ackerman. There can't be 50 poets. There's 50 poets? 50 Poets of the Year? I'm supposed to be the Poet of the Year. Lights begin to fade until there is a single spotlight on Jane, who sits mumbling 50 to herself. The spotlight goes to black, and a blue light appears in the center of the stage. Jane steps into the light. She is having an hallucination triggered by her shock. She is happy and perky. I know a little number I think is nifty. Why, it's a five and a zero that make it 50! Fifty little poets all in a row, sharing one award with people they don't know. I want to thank the judges for this distinguished honor, and... The classic striptease music starts playing, and Jane begins dancing around in the center of the stage. She starts unbuttoning her blouse to the music. William appears on the side of the stage watching her. Hey, Jane, here's a fifty. What's our slogan? Jane... Annoyed, dances away from him. Charlie appears on the other side of the stage, watching her as she comes close to him. Excuse me, but do you have change for 50? She dances to the center of the stage and slowly unbuttons her blouse, revealing a mesh-colored leotard that has a big sparkling number 50 on it. 
She looks at the number, horrified. Jane, I'll split this 50-50 with you. 50-50! Not 50! No! There's only supposed to be one poet of the year! One! The blue lights and music fade, and slowly, the announcer's voice comes back up to volume. Sarah Tarkington. Jane Wallerton. The light appears over Jane as she stands, her blouse buttoned. She looks despondent as she hears her name and tries a brave smile that immediately disappears. The announcer's voice drones on. Biff Wilkin, Buffy Yetler, Zachary Zeifweiler. Lights up. William stands in front of a park bench. He's wearing an overcoat. There are several trees and a lamppost. William looks around expectantly. Hello? Detective Malone? Anyone here? Hmm. Billy! Over here. Detective Malone, is that you? Do you think you were followed? No, no one's following me. Who would be following me? I don't know. Maybe the man who broke my heart. Maybe he's jealous and wants to confront the new man in my life. Me? I'm the new man in your life? Well, this is my life, and here you are. Can't take any chances, know what I mean? No, I can't say that I do. It's a strange time to meet in the middle of the night. Well, technically, it's 9 p.m. Things quiet down. I'm glad you called. I need to talk to you about something. Good. Have a seat, Billy. Would you like a drink? No, thanks. No drinks, no champagne. Just talk. All right, let's talk. I want to tell you a story, Billy, about a little girl who wanted to grow up and be just like Nancy Drew. A super sleuth. She wanted to drive around in a blue convertible and help her dad, an attorney, Carson Drew with all his cases. Always dressed smart and have a straightforward demeanor. But you drive a minivan. It's a story, Billy. Sorry. Anyway, there were some plot twists this girl didn't count on. Somehow she lost her way from the clue in the diary to the hidden window. She never found the message in the hollow oak. She's just a rewrite of the double jinx mystery. She might as well jump off the haunted bridge. You've... Read a lot of books. I'm a failure, Billy. I wanted to help you find your father. I know I'd like it if someone found my dad. Your father is missing, too? Only when it comes to me. But I didn't find anyone, and I've behaved unprofessionally. No, no, it's me. I've been bad. Still a tease, aren't you? Nancy Drew would never act this way on a case. What I have to say has nothing to do with you or Nancy Drew. Well, what I have to say does. I'm I'm afraid afraid you can't can't work work for me anymore. anymore. You're You're firing me? Fine. Listen, I realized something on the balcony of the Realman Hotel, and I'm not proud of it. I don't kiss and tell, Billy. What? Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, no, no, that's not it. I took a long look at myself, and I didn't like what I saw. This is tough to say. Then don't say it. I've been a scaredy cat. What? A scaredy cat, a little fearful mouse, a darting deer, a furtive rabbit. Frightened, running away. Okay, you have some animal issues, but I think it's sweet. I've been afraid of taking risks. You sure you don't want some whiskey? I've touched the truth. With your lips? Yes. No, my fear of heights. My fear was just a symptom. I was trying to throw a safety net around my life. There is no safety net, Billy. I know, isn't it wonderful? But on the 47th floor, you brought out a weakness in me that made me strong. I did? Finding my father was just an excuse to postpone my life. That's why I'm firing you. No, that's why I quit. Finding your father was just an excuse for me to forget a broken heart. I miss it. It made me feel alive. Isn't that what being in love is supposed to do? You should know, cowboy. You're the one getting hitched. Yeah, I'm a coward. Being in love and a broken heart, they're the same thing. No, Dad. No charge. Take care of yourself, Billy. Yeah, and good luck with all your other cases. Oh, yeah, right. I'm pretty busy. So long. It couldn't hurt to find out why my father disappeared. Maybe you're not so fired. Well, maybe you didn't hear me, mister, but I quit. I'm telling you, you're not fired, and that's final. Look, I make the decisions, understand? If I want to quit, I quit. My decision. I've just decided 
I'm not quitting. Really? Well, I've decided you're not fired. Fine. Fine. Besides, as a detective, you dress smarter and have a much more straightforward demeanor than Nancy Drew. You think so, Billy? I think you're very brave. Really? I could climb a tree right now. That's not scaredy-cat talk. No. It's danger and risk talk, my new middle name. I love the way you say risk. You sound so, so... Dangerous? Determined. I'm all those things. I'm Billy Danger Risk Benton. Oh, William. (laughs) Lights fade. Jane stands on the roof of her hotel. Moonlight shines on the roof. She wears the same clothes she wore at the awards ceremony. At her feet is an open bottle of champagne and an assortment of paper cups. There is a small pile of crumpled paper balls. She tosses one off the roof. We hear the ding of a bell, and Charlie appears as he steps out of the elevator. He is surprised to see Jane. Kind of chilly up here. Oh, it's you. What, are you doing roof service now? No. The roof is a restricted area. Oh, then why is there an elevator? For the people who are allowed here. Like you? No. But even robots spend a few rules. Oh, right. Uh, come here often? It's my favorite place. I make sure the moon is still there and the city lights. Looks like the storm is gone. You have a lot of cups. Technically, there should be 50. Have some, please. Celebrating? Not exactly. Well, guess what? I am. You are? Yep. I'm quitting my job. But if they catch me drinking champagne on the roof, they'll fire me. <laughs> no. Cheers. How <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. You were right to call me a robot. Oh, I didn't mean it. I've had a bad week. You're an artist, right? Poet of the year, as I recall. Imagine if you couldn't pursue your dream. You're quitting your job to become an artist? No. A city planner. Oh, that's good. Smart. I'm not an artist. You see these poems? Um, you might be concerned about littering. Des Moines has big fines for it. No, these are already garbage. And I've already paid the fine. It cost $49.95 and says commemorative copy on the front. So success must be difficult. Is this some sort of poet's ritual, throwing away your poems? It's my own ceremony. I call it the death of passion. A a poem? No, my life. I'm a fraud. I'm dizzy. (laughs) So you're a dizzy fraud. isn't helping. Uh, or or standing. Um, I don't know. I can't seem to catch my breath. I, is it hot in here? Uh, fainting sounds good. Wait, 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 wait. You feel dizzy. You can't breathe. Your, your stomach hurts. You don't want to sit down or stand up. You're having a panic attack. A uh, panic attack? You're under an attack from panic. The hotel trains us for everything. Oh, what do I do? Take some deep breaths. <laughs> Slowly. I need to, um, walk or, or skip. Uh, is that helping? I'm, I'm sure walking will cure you a lot faster than skipping. I'm on the edge, Charlie. That's what roofs are all about. You remembered my name. Of course. There were 50 of us. 50? Poets. 50 poets of the year. Oh. Not just you. No. Not just me. You know, I knew something was strange when I met that guy who wrote a whole book of poems about a bee. A bee? Named Edward. And then there was this woman with his big red hair dressed like a stripper. You know how she told me she'd won her award? By sending in her recipe for black bean soup only in the form of a poem. Oh, I'm sorry. 
But does turning your art into litter make you feel any better? I am not an artist. Um, as a not-yet-fired employee of this hotel, I insist you sit if I give you more champagne. Hi. I'm tired. It's exhausting being a failure, especially under a bursting moon. Do you mind if I ask why it matters so much that you weren't the only poet? I felt remarkable, you know, I... I was finally chosen. But you were chosen, along with 49 others. I opened up that letter, and there it was in print. You know, you have been chosen Poet of the Year. I was a winner, a success. I wasn't dismissed. I wasn't invisible or forgettable. So what if there are millions and millions and millions of people in the world? You know, I did something significant. (laughs) I couldn't wait to send in my $50 winner's fee. Proof that I was here. I know you're here. You just had your trust tricked. They duped you and the others into thinking you had won a legitimate award. They're dream stealers. (laughs) Nice of you to be nice. Uh, May I? Hmm? Hmm. Uh, I like how you make meadow and ghetto rhyme. Different. Art is a fairy tale. Like love, neither one exists. You know, giving up when life makes you feel like a fool is foolish. (laughs) I was in love once. She didn't love me. All she wanted was sex, sex, sex. (laughs) So I ran away and became a room service waiter. How dreadful for you. It's the worst feeling in the world. Waiting on people? Being in love. I know. It's terrible. I was in love once, engaged, but he didn't get me. He just wanted to sit on the tops of hotels drinking champagne with mysterious women. Cheers. Being in love makes the past, present, and future all exist in the same exact moment. It makes you feel so alive. It's horrible. Awful. I th- I think it's something to do with um, endorphins. Endorphins? Ooh, I want nothing to do with those endorphins. Yeah, (laughs) I have no use for them. None at all. (laughs) Still can't catch your breath? I'm hardly breathing. (laughs) The ding of the elevator is heard. The doors open. Star steps out. She looks around suspiciously and then stops, amazed when she sees Jane and Charlie. Charlie? Virginia? Lights fade. End of Act One. Back on the roof, Charlie stands between Jane and Star. Virginia? It is you. I can't... uh, uh, How did you find me? Well, it's what I do, isn't it? What are you doing here? I work here. But he's quitting. I'm interrupting. A moonlight picnic? More of a moonlight panic attack. Excuse me, Miss... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Virginia. This is Jane. Jane, this is Virginia. Uh, Jane's a poet. No, I'm not. Oh, fascinating. Your name is Jane. You seem like the sort of woman who must be engaged. Well, I was that sort of woman, but I'm not anymore. Obviously. (gasps) Charlie! After all this time, you never mentioned an older sister or aunt. (laughs) She's joking. Uh, We hardly know each other. I mean, we just met recently. Well, from the elevator, you appear to be good friends. That elevator is for employees only. How nice. You're close with the housekeeping staff. I don't work here. Uh Uh-oh. Illegal roof access. Virginia, why in the world? You look exactly the same. Well, it's only been six months, but you've changed, my lucky Chucky. She's calling me that because she knows I hate the name Chucky. You never minded the lucky part. 
Okay, I have a lot of poetry to destroy, so if you'll just excuse me... No, no, don't go, please. Look, Virginia, you just can't show up here. You're the one who ran away. I'm not 12. I did not run away. Well, you behaved like a little boy. A bad little boy. I think a little skipping will help. See? This is what you do. You make people feel trivial. Well, you hurt me lucky. Hurt me bad. Just because you're a detective doesn't mean you can track me down like one of your depraved clients. I like the flattery, kid. You're a detective? Yes, she is. But as I remember, not a very good one. Oh, Lucky. You've developed a mean streak. Too bad you were sweet. But I've changed, too. I'm not Virginia anymore. My name is Star... Star Malone. You're Star Malone? You've heard of her? Unfortunately. Now I know why you're here. You're not looking for Charlie, are you? Not technically. What? No. She is here to find me. Oh, it's okay, Detective. I know all about you and William, or should I say, Billy. I know all about your champagne nights on the 50th floors of penthouse hotels laughing your heads off. But if you've come all this way to brag and break the news, don't bother. We've broken up. I like your imagination, Jane. It's cute. You're right. I did come here to find you, but not for the reason you think. Oh, no. No. William is missing. Lights up. Ambient sounds of a hotel lobby. Star is seated on a sofa next to a very large coffee table. She wears sunglasses, her fedora hat, and a trench coat as she looks around for suspicious activity. A moment later, Charlie enters. He's wearing a big coat with the collar up and sunglasses and looks around anxiously. Psst! Psst! Over here! Virginia? Not so loud. Why here? In the lobby? They'd never suspect it. Who? Do you think you were followed? I work here, remember? Okay. Very slowly. Slide over next to me. Slowly. Now what? Okay. Take off your sunglasses. I'll take off mine. We're just two friends chatting. Easy. Try to look natural. I could get fired for this. I thought you were quitting. Right. With references. I shouldn't be doing this, but when you called, you sounded like you needed help. I appreciate it. What have you got for me? Okay. We keep a guest profile on everyone that checks in. I took the one we have on Jane. It's confidential for hotel use only. I only need to see it for a moment. I don't understand how this can help, but here it is. We're a boutique hotel that strives to make each guest feel special. There's a series of questions they answer, and that's how we create each guest's profile. Would you like a paper delivered to your door each morning? She's checked no. Interesting. Will you be needing valet parking services while staying at the hotel? Again, she's checked no. I see a pattern here. Would you like your bed turned down each evening? Aha! She's checked yes, just as I suspected. Will you be requesting room service? Odd. She left that question blank. What do you think it means? Well, for one, she's prone to erratic behavior. You got all that from this? I'm a detective kid. Remember? You left before I finished the course. I didn't think I'd survive the handcuff chapter. You were just shy. No. Frightened. Well, it looks like you've gotten yourself involved in a more menacing situation here. What do you mean, with Jane? Shh! No names. It's too dangerous. What? You think she has something to do with that guy William's disappearance? Maybe you're too close to the subject. You mean with... That doesn't make any sense. I just met her. She's a poet. She denies that fact. She's going through a little bit of a life crisis right now. You seem to know an awful lot about a woman you just met. That's not your concern anymore. Oh, still have the cruel side, don't you, Slick? 
For one crazy moment, I actually thought you came here to find me. Is that what you want? No. What I want is to return this file before someone notices it's missing. I've got to go. I can tell just by the way you've buttoned your shirt. You're too close to the subject. Oh, really? Well, I'm no detective, but I can see it's you and the missing person that are too close. Oh, lucky. I've always liked the jealous streak. No, you like it when you can turn everything upside down and inside out. Not this time. Listen, kid. Sometimes I'm too good at my job. It's easy for things to take a hairpin turn on a dime. For them to end up on a dead-end street. For them to get dangerous in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I get it. But I can take care of myself. Oh, God. Oh, God, it's Fitzer. Slow down, soldier. Don't make my feet a fetish. Is he still there? Who? Albert Einstein here. He's my boss. Yes, he's standing by the front desk trying to pretend he's not yelling. He's yelling? He's upset about something. Oh, the guest profile. Hard to say. Well, what's he doing? He's staring suspiciously at each and every person in this lobby. Oh, I gotta get out of here if he sees me. Your disguise. Yes, yeah, myself. I want to quit my job, not get fired. Okay, come up with your back to the front desk. Put your arms around me and pretend we're locked in a lover's embrace. Good. His back is turned. Oh, this might be drawing more attention. Oh, we don't get too many hot embraces in this lobby. Oh, no. Kiss me quick. While they are embracing, Jane, who is passing through the lobby, sees them. She stops, staring in disbelief. Oh, was that to keep Fitzer away? Who? My boss. Oh, yes, of course. Thanks. I was close. What's wrong? Well, I... It's okay, Virginia. I know you're just trying to protect me. Well, I better go. Hi, Charlie. Jane! (laughs) We were just talking about you. Oh, were you? I guess you provide room service wherever you go. Personally, I prefer the restaurant. Quite a busy detective, aren't you? Jane, no, wait! He watches Jane leave and turns to Star, who gazes at him coyly. He looks in Jane's direction and back to Star. He seems unable to move. Lights fade. Jane is upset in her hotel room, packing. Go away, Charlie! I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Look, Charlie! Standing in the doorway is William, but he is transformed. His hair is hip as are his clothes. He wears a leather motorcycle jacket, dark glasses, a toothpick in his mouth, and he's holding a helmet in his hand. William? Is it you? It's me, baby. Who's Charlie? What? He's... What are you doing here? I'm on my way to a base jump. A what? A base jump. You know, parachutes, tall buildings, people secretly jumping off them. No, actually I don't. It's pretty big here in Des Moines. I'm really revved up to try hang gliding, but I thought I'd check out this jumping off buildings first. But you're missing. I've been missing a lot. Oh, wait a minute. Hang gliding? And you've come all the way to Des Moines to watch some fool jump off a building? Yeah, me. With a parachute. But you're terrified of heights. Was. Was terrified. I'm done with the cowardly lion. Just dealing with the lion now. Why did you come see me? You look good, baby. Real good. I do? I like the way that top fits you. This? It's old. I think you've seen it. I guess my eyesight must have improved. What's happened to you, William? Happened? Life's happened to me, honey. But it's only been a few days. When you hung up on me, it hit me. Maybe I overreacted. No, I should have been here. I was wrong too, William. I go by WB now. WB? WB, baby, that's me. But you were right. You're an award-winning poet. Poet of the year. The poet of the year. You're famous. Not exactly. You ran after your passion. You took a risk. But now I realize passion is risky. I was a coward. I was a little snappy on the phone because I hate talking long distance. But you're here now. Yes. 
I wanted to tell you in person you did the right thing. I did? Oh, yeah. Calling off the wedding is the best thing that could have happened. It is? Completely. I was holding you back. I was being selfish. No, you're a creative artist. You ran after your dreams. Actually, I flew after them on a plane. But you weren't afraid. My fear was suffocating me. I've been having trouble breathing, too. But not anymore. What about finding your father? Childish. I'm fearless now. Danger thrills me. I can see that, WB. So check it out, babe. The jump is at midnight, at a building right next door to this hotel and ten stories higher. It's not exactly legal, so try to keep it a secret. Midnight? You're jumping off a building in the dark? In the middle of the night? Exciting, huh? No, it's terrifying! Wait, you have an advertisement for something that's secret and illegal? Well, the risk of getting caught makes it more dangerous. So, William, WB, the sole purpose of your trip is to jump off a building next to my hotel? Wild, isn't it? I wanted you to see for yourself. No more scaredy cat. I see it completely. Honest. You don't have to jump off a building to prove anything to me. Well, I gotta fly free, because I'm WB. But there might be another storm, and this is incredibly dangerous. Thanks, I knew you'd understand. Don't leave. Let's catch up. Gotta go, babe. Wait. I hope you're there. Uh, uh, Jane. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're still here. I need to explain. I think you might think that you think that you saw something earlier, which is not what you think. Even if I understood what you just said, I'm really sorry, but I don't have time to talk right now. I'm sorry, but I have to go. You, you don't know what she's like. Look, it's okay, Charlie. I can't explain why, but what happened in the lobby doesn't matter right oh, now. No, but it does. You've already been through so much. You come all this way to be humiliated along with 49 other poor souls who, like yourself, thought you were something special. Poet of the year. And then what do I do? I humiliate you all over again. Thanks, Charlie. I feel much better. Wait, wait no, wait. You are special. <laughs> I'm not explaining this very well. She tricked me. It's what she does. She turns your world upside down. And the next thing you know, you're in a grimy little bar in Panama eating peanuts out of a paper cup waiting for the rain to stop. You sit on a broken bar stool watching the door, hoping that everybody that comes through it is going to be her. Because you're in the exact spot she told you she'd meet you. Oh, you're there on time. You even wait five hours until they close the place up, kick you out. Oh, but she never shows. So that's what happened and you broke up? More or less. Except the bar was in New Jersey and it was during a heat wave. She seems to have that effect on most of the men I meet. <laughs> so why don't you give her this? Maybe she can actually help for a change. What, what's this? I, I don't understand. A, a base jump? I don't have time to explain, but tell your detective William isn't missing. <sighs> Close to midnight on the roof of the base jump building, William stands in an outfit that resembles a parachute jumper. He is wearing his helmet. There are ambient crowd sounds reacting to the different jumps going on. William looks on enthusiastically, giving a thumbs up to an invisible participant. Although he looks eager, he's not ventured close to the edge. He still has his cool manner, but doesn't look completely confident about jumping. While he's watching, the others, Star enters off to the side, pressing herself against the wall and looking around suspiciously. She is dressed in her trench coat. There is a breeze blowing. The ambient sounds fade somewhat, but intermittently we still hear a yell or a cheer. Number 44! Number 44! Report to the jump trap! Psst. Psst. Billy, over here! Detective Malone? You're here? I'm going to get you off this freezing cold building. Just follow my lead, Okay. I have to stay until my number is called. Oh, no. They brainwashed you. Damn it. Who brainwashed me? Them, the number callers. No, I brainwashed myself. This was my idea. Look, I'm no stranger to danger. 
And this is not safe. I scoff at safety. I look for peril. That's right, because you're Billy Danger Risk Benton. Yeah, but you can just call me WB. Trust me, kid. Changing your name doesn't change who you are. What made you weak once can make you weak again. Not if you don't let your past become your future. Still have your sense of humor. William and Star both walk forward to look over the side of the building. They each make a face. Yeah, well, the the wind has kicked up a little. He blew right over the target, that deserted alley. Who's going to get him down off that sign? Well, he's a pro. It comes with the turf. He'll probably just pull one of these release thingamajiggers. You're giving me goosebumps the way you've memorized the technical stuff. Hmm, I'm sure it must be one of these. Look, kid, this is all my fault. If I'd just found your father, you wouldn't even be here. Look, I'm no kid, and I already found him. He's in China on business. He is moving, but we'll forward new address soon. Fondly, Dad. I was so close to cracking that case. Oh! William, wait! Jane, what are you doing here, babe? I, uh... I'm going to jump, too. Look, I'm number 50. What number are you? 47. Lucky number. Nice job getting him off the roof. Man knows his mind. Babe, you can't jump off this roof without training. You've trained for this? I read a brochure. Well, if you're going to take the risk, I am, too. That jumpsuit fits you nice. Don't do it, Jane! Charlie, what are you doing here? I followed you. Lucky, you came after me? So, this is the Charlie you mentioned. This must be the missing William. Good, the messy introductions are over. Jane, don't let her trick you into making a mistake. It's what she does. Ouch. The only reason she came here is because she wants to be with William. I thought she came here to find William because he was missing. I'm not missing. I thought you were. I went by your apartment and it was vacant. She knows where you live? But when I reached 22 Beacon Street, apartment B, it was completely deserted. That's very interesting, but I live in apartment A. I'll update my files. It doesn't explain how you knew he'd come here. You dropped this on the balcony, WB. It's got my name and hotel written on it. Did you draw these little hearts, William? But I didn't come here to find the former Billy Benton. You didn't? No, I came here because I finally solved a mystery. The mystery of my broken heart. I came here for you, Lucky. I've been looking for you for months. Why didn't you say that when I first saw you? Well, you were preoccupied that night on the roof of the Hardly Hotel. Number 47! Number 47! Please come to the jump trap! Are you telling the truth, Virginia? The jump trap? Number 47? That's you, W.B.? I may get lost a lot, but I don't lie. Well, it's go time. Wait a minute. There's something I want you to hear before you jump. I know it probably doesn't make any difference, but I'd really like you to hear it. Number 47, report to the jump trap. It'll just take a moment. Gotta go. (gasps) I guess one more minute can't hurt. Okay, thanks. Your voice, an echo on my heart, on my imperfect self. A memory... That becomes a longing until I am a desert beneath a sky that has just begun to rain. It's a poem. No. Turns out I'm not a poet. It doesn't rhyme. I know. I like it. I'm a complete fraud. I'm a 50. Number 47. Last call for 47. Hey, wouldn't it be great if we uh, jumped together? You and me at the same time? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'd need to read the brochure first. I can get you a copy. You'd do that? You'd wait and jump with me? Sure, doll. I don't want you to be scared. I'm not scared, but I can't seem to catch my breath. We can take a risk together. Yeah, I'd like that. I can't imagine a bigger risk than you, baby. You mean that? Oh, with all my heart. Uh, Oh, W.B.! I didn't think you were afraid of anything. I take precautions. Keep danger not far behind. I don't look ahead, but I don't look back either. Explains why you get lost a lot. But 
You didn't really give me a chance, did you? I guess I thought I could outrun this broken heart. No, not this time, detective. You gonna help me solve this case? Yeah, I'm the one who's lucky, remember? (gasps) (laughs) Number 50, report to the jump trap, please. Number 50. Lights down on both couples. End of play. You've been listening to Diana Brown, Christopher DeYoung, Trish Tillman, Mark Rachel, and Deborah Wade. Hardly Breathing was written by Deborah Wade and directed by Noah Kelly. Radio Star Off the Page is a Cassandra's Call production. <laughs>